Welcome, Young Jerks. Special podcast episode. Mike Crawford, your host. I have an awesome guest today. He's back, returning. This is where we look at the Christmas season and we talk about one of my favorite things, which is dog care. We have uh, Rocco from the Canine Castle of Marblehead, Massachusetts. He has a business. He's been open for a decade as a professional canine behaviorist, but he's been doing this his whole life, over 50 years working with dogs. We have him. We're really happy to have him. Uh, what's up, Rocco? How are you, Mike? Good to be back. Thank you. This is the first interview I ever did, so every time I come back, I'm very happy about that. Thanks for having me. And uh, today, we, we do our annual special with Rocco about the holidays because a lot of us, sometimes it's our first holiday with our dogs, and there's a lot to know. Uh, and one of the things we talk about is food and plants and, and, and dangerous items in your house for your dogs. So we're going to start with that. Uh, we're also going to talk about adoption of a dog during the holidays, which sometimes happens. So we've got a lot. If you're a pet owner, a new pet owner, maybe even an experienced pet owner, or maybe someone who's considering becoming a pet owner for the first time, a dog owner, this was a good episode for you. Uh, again, Rocco, we have Rocco from the Canine Castle of Marblehead, Massachusetts. He's also available. He's an, uh, a canine behaviorist. He is available. If you are having dog training issues, you need some help with your dog, he's helped me. I'm very experienced, and even I have run in, my, my girlfriend, even more experienced. We've run into some issues with our dogs, and he's helped us out with Charlie specifically. Uh, Charlie's doing great. Uh, we're really happy about how far Charlie's come. And that's because we've been working with Rocco of Canine Castle. So I give him the highest recommendations. If you have any issues with your dog and you're local, especially on the North Shore or Massachusetts, Boston area, reach out to Rocco about your dog. He will help save your dog and make your dog uh, much better, much, you know, get you a better connection with your dog our dog loves us more than ever and he's he's more well behaved and and uh, easier to handle and it's also really safe for him uh considering how far he's come so we're really happy about charlie and rocco's work so here we go we have rocco i want to talk to rocco uh number one about uh food uh you know just dangers in the christmas season the holiday season the hanukkah season the new year season this is the time where we hear a lot of uh calls and concerns about uh my dog ate something uh so what what are some of the dangers in the holiday season for dogs well mike um it doesn't it doesn't take long for the joyous beautiful uh season to turn bad it, it does if it happened to your kid you'd freak it would be the ruination of the whole holiday everything to do with it if it happens to your dog same thing People feel about, most people feel about their dogs the same as they do about their kids. But they need a whole special different type of care. Not a lot of people realize that. And we're talking about people who've had dogs 20, 30 years. Treat their dogs like kids. And you're just setting the dog up to be hurt and for failure. So it's very important to pay attention to the few things that can really not not only kill your dog, uh, which of course would be the worst thing that could happen, but certainly ruin the holidays, people come in from out of town, all the work, all the money, et cetera, and now it's a nightmare instead of, you know, the dream holiday. So the first things that you need to look at are the things that you just pass by 50 times a day, the things you don't give a second thought to that could really hurt your pet 
and cats also. Most of the same things that hurt dogs will hurt cats. So, you know, if you're a cat owner and not a dog owner, pay attention to these too, please. And all this stuff is found on the internet. You know, it wouldn't take much of, uh, you know, punch in Google, you know, uh, dangers to pets in the holiday. All this stuff will come up. Um, so one, one of the first things that... Sorry about that. Um, one of the first things you need to pay attention to is that uh, sugar-free gum that uh, people have now. And just lay it, take a piece, you leave it on your table, leave it on your counter. There's a thing called xylitol in that. And on uh, low quantities, quantities of xylitol will make your dog terribly sick, that you need medical attention. Untreated, he might not make it. An older dog, a younger dog... A uh, dog with no tolerance to this type of thing won't make it with no treatment. In large quantities, which is usually what they take because no dog eats one piece of gum and leaves the rest. They're eating the paper, the wrapper, all that powder on it is mostly xylitol. So the xylitol is, is, to a dog is a poison and toxic. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that one's pretty obvious. But other things like alcohol, leaving a half drink, um... A, a drink on a coffee table with something sweet, pineapple, soda or something that's going to get the dog's attention. Alcohol does not process in a dog like it processes in us. It actually becomes tos- toxic. And the sugar, depending on the amount of sugar in that alcohol, will really determine how sick a dog gets. Yeah, it's funny, they're drunk, they've walked into the wall, uh, joke, joke, joke. Somebody, that happens in my house, somebody laughs at that. They're going through the, do- the door the dog walked into. Um, Chocolate, caffeine, coffee, in small increments, not, it might give them some d- diarrhea or something, not the end of the world. However, again, no dog eats one piece of, of a box of candy. They're eating the whole thing. Now they've taken it in, in a quantity that's toxic. A lot of dogs, when they're younger, get little bits of chocolate. They might get one piece, lick a wrapper, uh, eat a brownie, and they can build up somewhat of a tolerance to small amounts. Uh, so they won't get as sick. But the large amounts, no dog can build a tolerance to that. Some of the other things, think of poultry bones. Once they're cooked, they're brittle, they'll, uh, uh, and they'll break and crack and shard. Uncooked, no problem. Dogs are very pliable. The protein from the marrow is very good for them. I feed my dogs raw. They get a, they get a uh, chicken breast in their bowl once or twice a week. Raw. Turkey and chicken skin, Onions and garlic, not so good. Anything with a skin on it, raisins, grapes, um, corn, uh, that type of stuff. But the raisins and grapes, the two, uh, um, the nature of them will make the dog sick also, not just the skin. Uh, And milk and dairy will certainly give them the runs. And you don't need to be chasing around some diarrhea when you got 15 family members traipsing through it. Um, So for food and, and the like, that... That's pretty much a a summary of it. If you aren't having a specific diet, run it through the computer. Run it through. Don't, especially if it's something exotic. Seasonings will hurt a dog uh, uh, more than the actual, sometimes more than the actual uh, content of whatever the, the food is. So watch out for that type of stuff. But with a little bit of care and certainly... Uh, what you know? If your dog's the type that steals off the table, keep them out of the kitchen or keep stuff off the edge of the table. Take precautions. I'm involved in a ton of nightmares a year, man. A ton where people call for our help for something that could have easily been avoided if they just knew it was an issue. 
So you can't take this stuff for granted. What, what do you do, Rocco, if they do, if you find your dog has just eaten uh, a whole thing of brownies or chocolate or, or one of these, you know, many foods that you mentioned, and, he, and he's sick, what do, you, what do you do at that point? If it's Christmas morning and maybe the vet's not open, I mean, right, what, right. What, what does, uh, God forbid, I mean, that's what we're trying to prevent here. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but you, and you have to think ahead so that these things don't happen. But God forbid, let's say that did happen. What does a, a, a dog or a pet owner or a cat owner do at that point? Uh, well, one of the things that you can do, and you need to be very selective when you do this. You don't want to do this if they've swallowed something whole, a piece of plastic, an elastic, a piece of rubber, because uh, what I'm going to uh, suggest to you would cause them to vomit. And when everything comes through the diaphragm and then through the larynx, it's coming the wrong way. So if it's a piece of plastic at a point, shop, it's a clip, it's a hook, that could get caught in there. So I wouldn't uh, suggest inducing vomit for, for a solid. But if it's a liquid, and think of things like antifreeze or motor oils. Antifreeze, that's very, very sweet to a dog. They might not even walk away from that puddle with just a few licks. So that's very important, too. Uh, but you, you can give them a couple of capfuls of um, hydrogen peroxide. And that will cause them to retch pretty soon after, within 20, 30 seconds. So you even want to give it to them outside. Uh, if you're going to go to the vet after, you want to have them uh, vomit into a bowl, maybe a Tupperware bowl, so you can save it and bring it so that the vet can analyze it. Uh, and they'll know how much has been thrown up. But that's one of the things you can do. Uh, fresh air, get them walking and moving. Uh, that's also important. But make, make no bones about it. Act on it. Better to be uh, to, better to overkill here and not need than to need and not do. So that's what that would be. And those would be the same remedies, some of the same remedies for the plants that we're going to talk about in a couple minutes. So whether it's food or plants, if, they, if they're showing the, what might look like a seizure, if they're salivating uncontrollably, if their tongue is far out and they're panting very, very heavy, uh, nose uh, warm and dry. I even check the ears. Sometimes you can tell that the ears might be a little hotter than what feels normal. Uh, if they're weak on their feet, tilting their head, these are all signs that something is affecting them negatively, and it's time to be on your way to the emergency um, uh, veterinarian if it's on the holiday or your vet isn't open. Thank you, Rocco. Um, yeah, let's talk about the plants now because I know you have a number of Christmas plants and just general plants that are also a problem for dogs as well. Yep, and cats too. I mean, don't, don't uh, cats. Most of everything I'm going to read off to you it will affect your cats in some negative way, also. Um, with, but uh, it, it's and it's not always just the plant itself. It might be the flower and not the stem. It might be the stem and not the flower. One of them, it's the bulb. Which, which after it's under the dirt, unless the animal bring uh, uh, digs it up, they're not going to come. But that could be very harmful to the dog. Uh, so the first and most obvious is Christmas tree. The Christmas tree, first, the needles that fall off, a dog ingests those, or a cat, but most likely a dog. They could get stuck anywhere in their system, from their larynx to their anus. So any place that a needle gets stuck is going to cause irritations, etc., or, or worse. So think of the Christmas tree itself. Never mind the ornaments and anything else about it, but uh, the, the tree itself. The water 
um, that you keep in that well in the stand. Um, and the package that a lot of Christmas trees give you to help preserve that tree. Uh, the, and some people even add sugar to that. Uh, the, the, the dog will smell the sweetness of that and come to that. But the farmers have used pesticides, growth hormones, etc., on the tree. The tree ingests that as it's growing, and that leaks right into the water, so your dog is ingesting that. Again, a very young dog, a very old dog, will be affected much more than a middle-aged dog with a strong immune system, but any dog can be affected by it. Uh, we take special care to cover ours. Uh, we, I put all my gifts right in front of the water. So the dog can't get at the water. And if they touch my gifts, they have other problems. So yeah. that water's good and safe. So, uh, so think of the Christmas tree. Um, th- that is probably the most common in most people's houses. But also poinsettias, you know, the, with the, the, the plants with the big red leaves. The uh, cats and dogs will eat those, will get sick really, really bad. Mistletoe. Mistletoe is one that people don't realize it's always hanging up, but at some point you're going to throw it away. You've taken the decorations down. Now this might be in the dog's realm. Um, Mistletoe can do some serious damage to your dog, lasting damage at that. So mistletoe, and again, you know, we're just, we're just skimming over these. We're not getting too detailed. So please, anybody who, who does use these in their house, Surfing the internet anyway, looking for another recipe. Check out some of this stuff. Get educated on it. Know what it looks like. Because if you go visiting with your dog, you might encounter this stuff in people's houses. And it's always good to give it a once-over. And if I, you know, if, if I see something that uh, you know, my dogs might get into or it might go near or they have dogs, I'm going to suggest to the people and I'm going to even ask them to take it down. Uh, I don't know anybody that would refuse you that. If they do, <laughs> I'd worry more about the cooking. Um, holly is another one. And to a dog, holly looks like anything else that they would come across on, on, on the, on the, uh, in the woods or in the yard that they're going to try to eat. Be careful of that. Uh, the cri- Christmas cactus. And it's in enough, right? Just sitting there. No, it's going to ir- irritate the pet's digestive tract. Um, and then um, for sure, it'll trigger diarrhea and vomiting. And it could get worse than that. And if that's combined with something else they've eaten, you, you, your pet could have real troubles and uh, you're, you're on a, a ticking clock there. Um, a, a plant called amaryllis. Uh, I'm told this is more prevalent than I've seen it uh, in this area. I, I don't even know if I've ever seen it, but I'm told a lot of people do have it in their homes. So um, this, this one can actually con- cause convulsions maybe cardiac arrhythmias, and certainly abdominal pain. So this is, a, this is a pretty bad one. So as you can tell, these aren't, I'm not reading them off in order of severity, intensity, importance. Uh, they, as far as I'm concerned, if it gives my dog indigestion, I'm taking it out of there. Um, lilies, um, uh, something called yule. It's a, a, uh, an evergreen. Um, I, I've never heard of this till I started doing the research for this, but when it's ingested by... Uh, dogs and ca- um, cats, there's clinical signs of drooling, vomiting, weakness, difficulty breathing, life-threatening changes in heart rate and blood pressure, dilated pupils, seizures, coma, and death. All of this stuff could happen from you, and it looks innocent enough. So please, do take, go online take a look at that. Uh, Cyclamen, Jerusalem cherry, these also... Um, uh, can be uh, pretty um, hurtful to your dogs. English ivy and azaleas. I don't think English ivy and azaleas are necessarily 
um, Christmas or ha uh, holiday plants, but <laughs> they came up when I did the research, so I read them off. Wow, it seems like almost every uh, Christmas plant is dangerous. It's it's really scary when you uh, just go through all that list because I've I've seen all of those, almost all of them, at uh, my customers' homes where where I'm dog walking. So, and a lot of them we have we have in our own home. So it's it's uh, it's something that definitely keep in mind. It's something that I haven't often thought about. So I think a lot of uh, Dog owners are, are hopefully their eyes are op opening tonight about some of the dangers for their pets around the holidays. Yeah, for sure. And you know, you want to you're going to train your dogs anyway. You want to train your dogs to stay away from this stuff, to stay off the table. You know, you just got done cutting the turkey. You got a very sharp knife there. Your dog doesn't know about a knife. You know, your dog uh, uh, smells the gravy cooking on the stove. Doesn't know about the flame underneath that gravy. You know, so you, you need to. It, anything should be con. Uh, combined with training for prevention. All right, Mike Crawford back, special podcast with Rocco from the Canine Castle of Marblehead, Massachusetts. Rocco, for the last decade plus, has been a canine behaviorist, but he's been doing this his whole life. He's got a lot of experience with dogs, and he's helped me with our pets, our family pets, especially Charlie, who's doing really well. So we wanted to Wrap this up with Rocco. Uh, Christmas holidays is a time that people often decide to adopt dogs or sometimes gift dogs to a loved one. So we wanted to talk about that, some do's and don'ts and, and what to look for when you're adopting a dog. So Rocco, what is your advice on adoption of dogs? All right, Mike. Well, first of all, about Charlie, you alluded to Charlie just a second ago. You know, that's not just my work with Charlie. That's your work and Calm's work too. Without the family, without the environment contributing to that work, he wouldn't be where he is. And I haven't seen him in a few months before today. I can't believe how good he's doing. I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of him. It's really amazing that he is such a healthy, happy dog now. I'm so proud of you guys. I'm, and I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of the work I did too. Don't get me wrong. But... It was you guys that did this, so I good good for you, good for him, lucky Charlie. Uh, someday we'll do a podcast on just the Charlie story because he deserves that, and and many people would learn a lot from it. But Charlie is a product of the very thing we're talking about. Somebody got the wrong dog, right? And then everything after that ended up being wrong and actually terrible, and for him, terrifying. The problems that Charlie came with were all from his environment in the way he was treated in that environment. So for people to take a little difficult puppy like that home, or even a dog in the times he was adopted, if they're not prepared for that, it's a nightmare. There's little kids in danger, senior citizens, people, even healthy uh, middle-aged people are in danger. The dog's in danger, other pets are in danger. So to, to, when, when people take a dog home that's not the right dog, it's like get, buying the right car that's not the right car. You don't put somebody who's got uh, diminished reflexes in a Corvette, you know? You, for the same token, you don't put some young kid in a 7,000-pound Hummer so he can run over half a neighborhood by mistake. So bringing home the right dog is very important. Even where you get that dog, that's where it starts with. I have a customer, and I joke about it a lot, a lot with them, but they had me to the house three times before the dog came home 
once before they even purchased the dog and once in between, I think, just because they like my company. But other than that, that was really smart of them. They're new dog owners. They didn't know what was going to happen. So they consulted with somebody, me. There's people to consult with out there. If you go into an adoption center, consult the adoption coordinators. They're going to ask you the qualifying questions that would help you uh, be directed towards the right breed or breeds to get. If you go to a breeder, any reputable breeder loves the dogs that they've bred, and they want them to go to a good house. But tell them, I'm inexperienced. I have three little kids. I live in an apartment. I have a big backyard. We hike a lot. Tell them, because nobody wants to sell you, no reputable breeder wants to sell you a dog that's not right for your family. They want that dog to thrive and have a good, happy life and for your home and family to benefit. And uh, uh, contrary to that, you have the pet stores. Pet stores in my history, and I don't mean to cast aspersions on all of them, but the large majority of them deal with breeders who are mass-producing puppies. They don't, care, they, they, they don't have the care and concern for breeding, bloodlines, the, the, the um, mother and the father, the health of the mother after she's done breeding, the well-being of the father. I mean, we, we, it doesn't take far to see the pictures of the nightmares that these dogs endure. And, and I've worked with so many whether it be the male, the sire, with the stud, whether it be the female, I, I won't say that in case any kids listen, um, it doesn't matter. They're all treated poorly. So uh, Massachusetts, uh, California was the first to pass a law that banned pet stores from selling breeder dogs. They're bringing shelter dogs and rescue dogs to the pet stores. Um, and, I, and Massachusetts just passed a version of that, which is pretty good. Uh, I'm really happy with the laws that have been passed in the past five years, the puppy dole laws. You, I know you remember we've talked about the poor puppy that was found in Quincy and every bone in her body was broke. Never have I wished to go to jail before, before that day. Never have I wished it, but I wanted to be in jail that day when that guy came. So the laws here in Massachusetts have got better. If you live in a state or you're hearing this from someplace that doesn't have these kind of laws or those overcrowding laws like for the chickens and the pigs and the, and the cows, uh, Massachusetts did away with those even more years ago. So if you, uh, please, please, speak. when you speak to your politicians, when you have a, a, a forum, that uh, please advocate this stuff. Get it started. All it takes is one person to call one representative and it's all of a sudden started. Get it done for these beautiful animals that we love. But back to the point. You need to look at your home and your family before anything else. You need a real accurate assessment of your home, your family, the actual environmental conditions. Do you have a backyard or are you in an apartment? Are you in a townhouse? Are you older? Are you younger? Are you just starting your family? Is your family teenagers, young, uh, young kids, young adults? Look at that. Once you take an honest assessment of your lifestyle and the life that you can give this dog, now it's time to get out and start looking for breeds. You don't have to talk to a behaviorist to find out. There's many people. But what I do suggest that you don't do is you look at your neighbor with that cute doodle and how good of a dog he is. Because your home won't have that dog. So you're not going to have the same dog. You're not going to have the exact same behavior. Sure, some breeds have a propensity towards better behavior, more laid back, some are protection, some are working. 
You don't want to get a dog that does those things when you don't need it. You don't want to get a German Shepherd that you can't give some sort of um, impression of work. He's got to do something that he thinks he's working, whether it's walking with you, whether it's coming to your job with you, whether it's chasing a ball, running around the perimeter of your yard. A Great Dane in an apartment? Come on, that makes no sense. A Chihuahua on a farm? Oh, that, well, that, that actually makes plenty of sense, but you have such a wide range that you could have on your farm. So look at the environment, look at the things you do, and then study the animal breeds. In this day and age of technology, you talk into your phone, uh, compare Golden Retriever with Labrador Retriever, and they're going to give you the comparison right on your phone. Or you can spend five extra minutes instead of surfing uh, whatever you might surf at night, late at night, go to a pet site, go to a blog, go to a breeder's website. This will start to give you information. Ignorance in this case is gonna could cost an animal a terrible life. So you need to be informed. Now, once you have a good uh, um, in- insight into what you're actually gonna do with this dog, now you've looked at breeds, now where do you get them? I suggest to people to always check the the rescues and shelters. And there's a lot of rescues that don't have brick-and-mortar places now, small places that are just people with a ton of love for dogs, and they open their homes and they have fosters and they have transportation routes. And people, they they literally, two or three people will drive these dogs up and down the East Coast, halfway across the country. Uh, I know a girl who drives... Uh, once a month, she brings 12 dogs up from Dallas to Swampscott, Mass. 12 dogs every month at her own expense. And she has these dogs already placed before they even get to Massachusetts. So uh, there's plenty of places that you can find. Now that you could get a referral from your neighbor, from your brother, from somebody else who has a dog. The shelters always do your research. There's some, some shelters that are better than others, and they bring from different pools. That, like the shelter here in Salem, Mass, brings a lot of dogs up that originated in Puerto Rico, down south, Georgia, Tennessee, Virginia, that type of thing. We get a lot of dogs up here that were down there. Uh, so we see a lot of the same problems or behaviors through all of them. But not all shelter dogs is a behavior problem. Some came there because maybe their owners passed or they moved or uh, some, they, they had a child that they couldn't have a dog in the house with. And those dogs... Uh, with, with the history they have is very positive, and they very well could do well in your home. Uh, uh, you want to con- con- uh, consult with the adoption counselors there, and you definitely want to spend time with that dog. You have the opportunity with any rescue, any shelter, to spend time with that dog. Spend two or three visits. First one in a neutral place, just meeting them. Second one, maybe bring them back to your house, let them run in your yard, meet your kids or whatever. And go through that process. Don't just see, that dog looks cute. Looking at me with those puppy eyes, I'm going to take him home. Bad mistake for the dog and for you. If you and and um, adopting a more mature dog. Uh, I'm dealing with a couple uh, families right now where the people are in the, uh, 70 or better. One couple is 70 or better, has two puppy golden retrievers. Very difficult dogs, high energy need of a lot lot of attention, take up a lot of space. These people have the absolute wrong dogs. Another uh, se- uh, senior citizen has a puppy golden retriever in an apartment, and he's never had a dog before. So these people, they, they, they're bringing a problem in that they already have to deal with. 
you know, and it that doesn't have to be. With the right selection of breeds and, and qualifying the dog, spending some time with the dog, that doesn't have to be. Now, if you decide to go to a breeder, again, you'll you, it'll be a puppy that you get, but you get to spend time with it. You get to a lot of times watch it on a webcam, um, and and a lot of uh, breeders will either paint a, a toenail a particular color, and that's what you're looking for. That's the puppy you bought, or that's the puppy you're interested in, and you can watch it. The breeder can also give you great advice regarding that breed and the breed traits and the propensities of that breed. That's a great source of information for you. And even if you haven't bought the dog, you're thinking about buying the dog there. They'll give you great information. Uh, and then the pet stores. I've, I, I rescued a dog that uh, I just found out recently originated out of a pet store. And she is a beautiful specimen, a 110-pound Malamute, a beautiful specimen of a dog. I, but that's lucky. A lot of times, uh, you know, you could get a puppy that came from a, a, a mother that it's her fifth or sixth litter, and, and the mother isn't even seven years old yet. So those puppies are weak, and their, their immune systems are weak, could have behavior problems. Um, so very, very much qualify a pet store purchase dog. Qualify the store and even find out where they, what breeders they're using so you can research that breeder. That, that's plenty of sense. Until we can stop that mass-producing of puppies, the only way to stop it is to, for the demand to go away. Supply and demand. Nobody's going to breed puppies that they can't sell. So uh, try one or the other. There's a lot of good dogs out there that need homes. Um, but, but pay special attention to the, ch the children that are in your home. Those children, if they're very young, what are the, what, how will the dog and the children get along? Is it a breed that's good with children? Is it a breed that tolerates children? Is it a breed that will grow with your children as your children do? Your children aren't going to be two or four or five very long. Neither is your dog. Another thing I would suggest, if you have very young children, four, five, six, get a breed that's going to last longer. You don't want to get a breed that might pass in eight or ten years. Now your kid's 10, 11, 12, and they're dealing with the death of a puppy. Uh, that's never any good. Um, also, you have to think about if you're going to crate that animal or not when, as a puppy or even as an adult. Some dogs don't do well being created. So although it sounds complicated, with just a little bit of information, a little bit of research, you can find everything you need to find the right match between the puppy and the, and the person, in the family. Um, so look at your activities and get the right dog for the dog's sake. And then you, you're going to get just what you intend to get, a, a joy in your home that if you've never had it, you, you can't understand it. Because once it's gone, it can't even be replaced. You get another dog, that void is still there from where the other dog left. Um, so also you want to watch pet safety as far as dogs running out the door at this time of year. You know, a lot of times there's four people coming in at once. Dog greets the first one but wants to see the third one and runs out the door to see the third person coming in. Now the dog's outside, out of control maybe if you haven't trained it to recall. So watch that type of stuff surely through the season. But please do get a dog. Dogs are great. Dogs will bring you happiness. Dog is a constant companion with unequivocal love. Will you get that? Your kids unequivocally love you? Your wife or your husband unequivocally love you? Unless you're living in some world I'm not. It's not happening. Uh, so definitely check that out. 
and and and, and then be the dog, be the person your dog thinks you are. I don't know a person who hasn't got become a better person that got a dog. And there's also people I come in contact with all the time. I'd never speak to them. Never in a million years would I speak to them. And in two million, they wouldn't speak to me. But because we, we, we have dogs in common, we relate at that level. And I love these people. They love their dog. They treat their dog well. I don't care what else you are, what other thing you do. I love you because you treat your dog well. That's all I care about. Sorry, I got a little long-winded there. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Rocco. Um, I want to mention that, Rocco, if, if you need help with your pet, especially if you're in Massachusetts or the North Shore, Boston area, Rocco has a business called the k Castle of Marblehead, Mass. You can definitely reach out to him. He's got a Facebook page, k Castle. The, the, the K- yeah, the k Castle LLC. LLC. Uh, you can just look up uh, the k Castle of Marblehead, Mass. You will definitely find them. Uh, he's got a decade of professional experience, a decade plus as a canine behaviorist. Um, yeah, if, if people do need your help, they can reach out to you. Um, if they're not local, I'm sure there's other ways they can get help too as well, Rocco. Yeah, well, we try to answer the Facebook page as much as we can, but sometimes it just comes in face fast and furious, and I don't know anything about Facebook. I don't even know if you're supposed to like it or friend it. But if you do, then you'll get announcements uh, when we're doing these podcast interviews. Common Leader and I will be starting a show after the first of the year that we can address and actually show you as we... Um, work with another dog with that same problem. We're also going to be having seminars next year. We're hoping to get a YouTube channel going. Going to put out some DVDs and that type of thing. So we can always tailor make them, or um, you can join the seminars. Uh, we'll, there'll be actual hands-on dis- sh- uh, displaying of some of the issues we speak of. But and, and if not me, there's many, many qualified and good, reputable. Dog handlers, dog trainers, canine behaviorists, pet stores, even your local ACO can, uh, um, um, animal control officer can give you guidance towards professionals that they might know of uh, that they can recommend for your local community. So the help is out there. Uh, and, and please, anybody who knows about dogs is happy to share the information if it betters your dog. So it doesn't take far. Throw a stone, you're going to find some help. There you go, people. If you need help, get help. It does make a difference for you and your dog. You'll feel much better, and your dog will feel much better. Believe me. I know. We've, we've been through it. Uh, again, Mike Crawford, I want to thank Rocco from the, the Canine Castle of Marblehead, Massachusetts, for joining us tonight. If you have any further questions, if you need help, reach out to Rocco. Again, the Canine Castle LLC uh, on Facebook. Like their page. Follow them. Thank you very much. Mike Crawford checking out.